Welcome to The Business Grind, where we give you an inside perspective on what it takes to start, build, and run a successful business. Here are your hosts, Danny Shaw and Sean Michael Wellington. All right. Hello to everyone in podcast land. Thanks for joining us, Sean. How you feeling? Good and ready to uh, start this year off with a new book. Indeed, indeed. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss the book Company of One, Why Staying Small is the Next Big Thing for Businesses by Paul Jarvis, right? Uh, so, John, would we like to just start off with giving a little background on the author and, and then going into the book? How you feel? That's cool. Um, you know, I didn't do any research on the author, so I'm going to let you leave that. I, I didn't even know. I just read the book. All right, just read the book. You, you just listening without verifying these folks, Sean? What's going on? Yeah, this guy, I kind of, I was like, all right, let's start reading it. I'm like, all right, now he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> This guy knows his, this guy knows business, y'all. Uh, quick overview. So Paul Jarvis, uh, you know, as he is described or as he describes himself, he's a Silicon Valley um, worker, entrepreneur. Started off as a web designer, a graphic designer, and has worked in the, that side of the industry for four years, and then. Uh, from there, just kind of like started his own business um, as far as services and, and design and web services and stuff like that, and has built his own quote unquote company of one, uh, which along the way has allowed him to write this book and share his views and thoughts uh, on starting a business and why maybe scaling for the sake of scaling is not necessarily the best thing to do uh, for your business and then for your future as a whole, right? Um, so yeah, that's right. that's a quick overview, uh, Sean. So now you know who 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 wrote the book. All right, now uh, we know now we now we set up now we set up a little credibility, yeah. Um, and actually, from my understanding, um, as of today, uh, he has quote unquote quit the internet uh, in 2020. He's not really like out there like that, uh, you know kind of he's not trying to be like the celebrity author and the celebrity entrepreneur so i guess in a sense kind of living by his company of one uh advice in the book you know yeah that seems like it <laughs> lines up with kind of everything he said in the book in terms of like not overextending himself so. exactly exactly all right so then now that we got that squared away let's let's get into the book what it what how would you explain the overall concept and idea behind the book? I mean, if you could just like narrow it down to like almost one idea, the whole idea of his philosophy, his book is to question growth, right? right? Mm -hmm. um, it's not that growth is bad. It's not that growth is necessarily a negative thing, but it's you should be questioning what your goals are and if growth is really going to help you attain that or actually hurt you, right. whatever your goal is. Right, right, right. Definitely. And I, I will say, I think considering that the author worked in Silicon Valley and, and from that environment where the the energy and the thought process on success definitely is around growth and scale and, and at all costs, right? So I can definitely see a, a, a situation where he was probably inundated with all of that type of uh, beliefs and, and thoughts and was like, this might not be the, the wave, right? Um, doesn't have to only be this way, right? Success is not synonymous with growth you know yeah and i like that probably like later in the book not so much in the beginning but later in the book he kind of starts getting philosophical with it or almost right. like <laughs> <laughs> he almost becomes like a therapist with it like you know how it's like 
part of our, uh, what do you call it, evolution. Right. Like scarcity mentality and all right. that stuff and how this growth is not really what's always best for business. It's just something we're used to doing. Right. You reward it. Yeah. Right, so. right. So, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. So, you know, the book, the title alone uh, caught my eye just, you know, about staying small, right? And I was like, well, considering we see it all around us, right? Uh, we see the success stories. We see this. We see these stories about how companies have scaled and they have X amount of clients and customers and, you know, 10 times your productivity. All of this is around us. And it was interesting to see what would the point be to say, and, hey, why we should stay small because growth, you can, success is not just by how big you grow your company, which I really appreciate it, you know? Yeah, totally. And then it also kind of makes you reevaluate what are like, what are the goals for a company, right? Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it's capitalism, every business needs to make money. Mm -hmm. But there's not an unlimited amount of money you're going to make, there's a ceiling mm -hmm. um, for what you're going to do. And he, he also talked about setting ceilings for yourself, which was super, I've never heard that before, I think, in a business book. Kind of right? Like, yeah, you don't usually set ceilings for yourself. You usually just say, I keep going until I don't anymore. And it's funny. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's funny because, oh, man, now I'm, I'm getting stories mixed up. I don't know if it was a book that we read and reviewed or just a book that I read in general. But I definitely remember there was a story of a, of a guy who was just, he worked himself to the point that his health deteriorated, you know, because he couldn't put a ceiling on himself because it was always growth, 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 you know, uh, keep going, never stop and never set certain limits for yourself you know which again yeah, it, may, yeah. Go, go ahead go ahead no i'm just saying that that you, you're not going to get to enjoy the, right uh, you're not going to get to enjoy it which is funny because a lot of think times and what we hear in business is like oh never never limit yourself never put a cap on always keep going <laughs> right uh but usually it's like at what cost right but we don't really speak to it um but i did like the story you know an early on in the book about uh, having that conversation with his accountant friend, right? Um, yeah. And it was, it, I think they were surfing in August. It was surfing in August, and his accountant essentially said, "Yes, I'm like I'm X amount of dollars away from chilling for the rest of the year." <laughs> right? I really, really love that story because go it, you know, go it, go set it. A goal, <laughs> right? He go. set a goal for himself, right? Yeah. So, so if, if you don't mind just elaborating a little bit more for the audience, like about the story of what, sure. what you liked about yeah, it. I yeah, I mean, what I remember was um, the whole mindset of having um, um, a top, uh, man, I'm forgetting the exact terminology you used, but basically mm -hmm. you're the top of your uh, revenue goal for that year. Right. And it's a motivational tactic because say if you hit that in March, all right, well, you've, you've gotten your uh, your top level for the year, and right. then you could go on vacation. Like, that's what this particular accountant did, right? He went right. surfing whenever he hits his goal, whatever time of the year it is. Whenever he gets to that level, right. whether it's $100,000 or $50,000, whatever it is, it's like, all right, boom, we're going to go on vacation now because we've reached what we're supposed we to do. we reached our goal. It's real freeing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yo, if you know that you can work uh, hard enough to finish your goal by July, like, I feel like it's really motivating. So that was interesting to me. Indeed, absolutely. And he was blown away. Like, what? What are you talking about? I'm, I'm done for the year, right? Uh, and I think for a lot of people, that's a foreign concept. Like, what do you mean you're done for the rest of the year, right? But the accountant was like, 
I've hit my goal. And it wasn't like these are small off, small goals. You know, half a million is nothing to sneeze at, right? And profit, I believe it was. Uh, so that's that's nothing to sneeze at. But usually, if you tell someone, uh, you know, hey, my business, I've, I've gotten a half a million profit this year, and you're in August, they're going to be like, oh, well, you can hit a million. They're not really going to expect right. you to say, yeah, and I'm, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally fine. It's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. I'm about to relax somewhere nice with the family and so forth, you know? Yeah, and it's not a greed thing, right? I feel right. like I just want to, like, we should say that. It's not like, oh, you're greedy if you're trying to surpass your goals. Right. It's more so you have a sustainable business model and a mm-hmm. sustainable rate of growth, mm-hmm. and you keeping it sustainable, exactly. It's right. Not, you're not overextending yourself. So. You're not overextending yourself, you're, you're, and you're maintaining a certain quality of life that you want and that you like and that you have achieved, and you're not, you know killing yourself for the sake of business accolades or things that we tend to celebrate normally in this business environment and culture, right? right. Now, I guess the question for you is, do you have any, an enough point for you? Or have you ever even considered it? It sounds like you might not have. No, nah, these concepts were like super new to me <laughs> in this book. I was, I've never heard, I've never heard of like capping yourself and capping your own growth. It, it just didn't. So no, I, I, the answer is no, I don't. But fair enough. I'm definitely thinking about it since reading this. So. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Sean, you already know where I'm gonna lean, leaning towards in this book, right? Um, you know, when I first started reading it, I'm not gonna say I was. Uh, maybe cynical i don't know but i think early on a lot of stuff was like oh this is common sense this is common sense but it's not common sense i think it felt common sense to me because i i really subscribe to a lot of principles in these books and i've already been doing it but it's not it's you know i had to step back it's really not uh common sense in business and you know the more i was reading i was like this is good stuff i really you know think a lot of business uh, entrepreneurs should try to uh, look into this and, and maybe uh, incorporate it into their way of life and structuring their business, you know? Yeah, I can see how reading this book in the beginning could have been born for you. Because right. <laughs> I know, just, you know, just knowing you, I know a lot of these philosophies you already live by, like almost instinctively. It's not even like something you think about. Like, right. Like you lean a lot towards this stuff. So right, right. reading it, I was thinking a lot about you and I'm like, yeah, no, nah, this is Danny. Danny. <laughs> But for me, who, who this is new to me, it was like, wow, wow, wow. So. <laughs> nah, I get it. No, but it, it is a good book. I think, uh, you know, for me, I, I don't think uh, when they say, hey, the, do you have a cap or do you have a point of, you know, where it's enough? For me, it was never, I'm not going to say never. I think early on in my journey, especially early in my career, uh, there was no cap. It was just like. I'm just going 100 miles, 100 miles an hour, you know, nonstop to build up. And I don't know at what point I got to a point. I was like, uh, this ain't. It can't just be this, right? <laughs> it can't just be like, what's the end result, right? What's the end result, and what is enough to sustain, and what is enough to maintain the quality of life that I want and that I'm okay with, uh, and not feeling. Like I'm missing out because I'm I've lost out on a deal or lost out on a client or, or something like that. Especially this is gonna sound so uh, basic and very like trying to be enlightened. But as long as I had food, clothing, and shelter, and I didn't really have to think about that like that, I, I was okay. I felt like this is fine, you know. And anything else is kind of house money, you know. 
for me. It may sound basic, but it's not really because it's <laughs> like those are if you don't have to worry about those things uh-huh. and you kind of know they're taken care of, it really I, I can see that it would be really freeing and then you know it opens you up to making better business decisions. You're not making them based on revenue projections, mm-hmm. you're making them based on like, you know, absolutely higher thinking. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh so with reading that book, I did I did start thinking about, oh, I remember when I decided on this, so I decided on that because of things that the author said. Uh, for instance, you know, nowadays, you couldn't even really, <laughs> you would be hard-pressed to even show interest in a project or an idea that required, that is a lot of people involved, right? Like, oh, it's like five of y'all? I, I don't even want to be part of this <laughs> process right now. You know, I kind of feel like, that's already, you know, it's going to not go well because of a lot of things that the author speaks about in this book, such as we got to grow, we got to do this, we got to make a lot of these decisions that really don't help the business, but it does contribute to you being more stressed and you taking on more obligations that you didn't even really sign up for and may not be equipped to manage at the time, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean now. Okay, so now I feel like we're skipping around, but uh, you just like kind of reminded me a piece of the book. So uh, sorry if I'm no. Nah, we can jump but, around because the concept is good and there's a lot of different points. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, so he talked a lot about, um, and you just kind of described a little bit the men- certain mentality. The mentality. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, the mentality, and even beyond the mentality is scaling with still a company of one, right? Right. How you can apply these. Um, concepts to a corporate environment right right? he went into that a little bit so i thought that was interesting too it's like this applies to you even in your corporate environment you can think as a solo entrepreneur in the corporate system i thought that was interesting so right yeah it is the mentality it's definitely the mentality and it doesn't mean that company of one is really just you but it is a, a, a mentality of saying hey well you know i don't have to you know, burn myself out, burn my team out, but do it in a, I guess, a steady, manageable, automated manner, you know? Automated is a key uh, word there and something he talked about too. It's like you're scaling, but you're not hiring out and adding all this overhead for an office or whatever kind of equipment. It's scaling, scalable systems that are like, you know, manageable. Yeah. Right. Speaking of overhead, I, this is one thing, <laughs> allow me. So, some of the critique about the book was is you can't apply it to every business, right? And I'm like, clearly, that that should be a given, right? <laughs> like none, none of these, it won't work for every business. It, work, it won't work for every industry, right? But one thing I do know or, or I've seen is that a lot of industries, regardless of the businesses, they do take on a lot of overhead early on and all of these things to look bigger before they even have gotten a paid client or, or profit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can apply that anywhere, regardless of industry. Some industries do require you move a bit faster and scale a bit faster, but for a lot of the businesses that we do see, it, we've, history shows that it didn't really have to go that way, you know? And it's a lot of the optics of everything. It's right. not these these uh overhead costs aren't necessarily helping the business become more profitable per mm-hmm, se. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of helping with optics. So right, right. So uh, I feel like this could also been described as like you know, uh, I don't want to say side hustle, 
side hustle growth, right? But it has a big side hustle energy to to the advice that he's given and and how he's going about it, as opposed to just jumping out, you know, jumping into the pool without any safety net or any calculated moves uh, in store, you know? Yeah, because he talks a lot about about balance, and I think right. that's what gives it that side hustle uh, mentality you're referring to is right. talking about having a balance between your your work and your free time. So. Right, right, because, you know, it's not, you know, he doesn't, he definitely shies away from uh, some of the conventional tropes of business of like, you know, just quit your job tomorrow and, and start your business, right? He is quick to say, do not quit your job. <laughs> Don't quit your day job. Uh, start a side hustle first, figure, it, figure that out, you know, make sure that you're actually, you know, earning money <laughs> for the business before you just, you know, he's very big on not disrupting whatever you have going on uh, to do this. It's like, Take your time, figure it out, make sure the money's coming in and scale accordingly uh, and, and don't go into debt, you know, just because of your dream and your passion. Which also brings it to another idea is that, you know, following your passion isn't good business advice, <laughs> which probably, you know, hurt a few people's feelings just because of that's we've been told that from day one. Right. Like follow your passions. But. I guess if you think about it, what are most people's passions? Most people's passions fall into like a few big buckets, which is like, you know, sports, uh, entertainment, and music, right? And yeah, the big dreams. Yeah, those are the big dreams. Right. And there's nothing wrong with pursuing those passions and pursuing those goals. But, you know, he really broke it down like just from a statistics perspective. Uh, it's probably not the 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 best idea to only pursue those avenues because it's your passion, right? Um, think of other ways on how maybe you can leverage parts of your passion into uh, some sort of business idea and so forth, but not just say, I'm quitting everything to go into the music industry, especially when there's so many different aspects of the music industry. What part of the music industry are you even trying to be in, right? Or the or this entertainment industry, right? Right, and that touches on something else he talked about, which was um, kind of going into like a very specified industry or specified skill set. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he talked about how being a company in one, sometimes you have to have a, a bunch of different hats. You gotta, Absolutely. you can't necessarily just focus on one specific specialized item. Right. Um, whereas in a corporate environment, that might work out for you. You could be the graphic specialist or the video specialist in that in that company and thrive. But if you want to build a business you might have to put on different hats and think about different things. Absolutely. How, how many roles have you won for your <laughs> ventures, John? For, for my ventures? Oof. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know he mentioned CTO. Uh-huh. That was something that was up in the in the book. Um, uh-huh. I think that's the only one I I, I, I shy away from. I look. I, I lean on other people. Oh, really? The technology you know, stuff. Really? Yeah. Like, that's, I, I take oh. their recommendations. Like, I'll be the one to jump in and play with it. But, like, you know... If someone's recommending a new technology or new, you know, piece of hardware, like I'm, that's usually recommendations. It's usually not something I'm doing the research on. Wow, um, really? but I feel like everything else, like being the, you know, the accountant, the the manager, the, uh-huh. the HR, all that stuff. I feel like everything except for technology, I feel like I've touched. Oh wow, that's like that's it. uh that's interesting. I, I don't think I would have uh 
gotten that. Okay, fair enough. So you're not messing with the technology, but every other role. And you... it's not like I'm intimidated or anything. Right. It's just I feel like there's so many more people who have more knowledge about it that I would always gonna. There's so many more people that I trust over my opinion over something like that. So. You, you know what? I think that's that's fair. I I just think. You see, this is interesting because I just think because you do video and digital and audio and stuff like that, and you know what I mean. I'm just like, oh, Sean is technology. He got that. He gonna. I mean, that. I know what's what's current. But right, like, but you ain't trying to. Emerges, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so you're not messing with the technology. Yes, we. You will definitely wear a lot of hats. I can speak. Over the years, I've I've learned a lot of <laughs> skill sets that. Uh, I would have never thought I would have to learn, you know, uh, accountant, uh, account managers, you know, um, project management, design and marketing. Like you kind of have to wear all those hats because you're not just you're not paying one person a salary for each role. Right. Um, and you can pay for those services, which is fine. But I think a lot of what happens is a lot of these businesses will take pay for these roles at x amount of dollars take on this overhead and then do not have enough business to sustain these roles and positions in the long run right yeah yeah indeed oh man okay so then i think the other issue was not the other issue but the point another point was really uh the part of uh you know um Building trust and relationships, which I think is 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 very underrated. You know, um, if when you scale or when you come in with the idea of I have to scale, what gets lost is you may lose a lot of that personal relationship and trust building that can come when you are a company of one. You know. Yeah, and what I liked um, that he talked about was. The value in retaining a customer versus mm-hmm. getting a new customer. He mm-hmm. went a lot of detail about that and how, you know, retaining that customer is is the, the statistics show and the numbers show him that retaining those customers are better for your bottom line than spending the money to try to find new customers. Mm-hmm. So. And and you that part really resonated with me because over the years people would ask, well, how do you get new business? And I, I'm. The referral network has been strong over all these years. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like that was intentional. Like, I knew that the key to success was the referrals. And I'm, I'm <laughs> I think it had a little bit to do with my personality, which, you know, I don't really like to be on Front Street advertising and marketing, you know. Um, and maybe the work was good enough and, and done well to these to my clients that they said, hey, we're going to refer you for the for other stuff and you just keep rising to the occasion and making sure your house your house is still in order you know your company of one is still in order but the relationship is so key and and I, I i tell people that all the time if you can get a good network and and a referral network it will really do wonders over you know saying hey let me scale and do a whole ad campaign and click click throughs and stuff like that what did you think about the idea of um, you know letting letting business go, mm-hmm. uh, potential business go, like not you know focusing on acquiring new customers? Mm-hmm. How do you feel that works in general? Because I know for uh, we're talking about a company one, and that's the that's the, the title of the book. Mm-hmm. But if you are um, 
like a corporation or a mid or you know a mid cap company or mm-hmm. something do you think that philosophy still applies i think that was one of the areas where i'm thinking okay once you grow to a certain level you're gonna need new customers to support your growth strategies but am hey. i or maybe i'm not just thinking about it you know antiquatedly I, like maybe that's doesn't apply to every mid mid-level business I, I just thought in my head once you get to a certain level you have to kind of acquire new customers That's so my thought. Uh, yes and no right so i do I, I get what you're saying at a certain point i guess you feel like i need to acquire new customers in order for the company to grow but the way i took it was well, one, I do agree that you got to let some customers go. <laughs> it took me a long time to, to, to think okay. with that. Uh, because what happens is this. It kind of goes back with the scarcity mindset, right? So what happens is this. You are scared to lose a customer because that's the guaranteed rep money right there, right? So you kind of have a few options, right? Depending on how you look at it. And I think there's a few things to take into consideration. I think for me... In the past, it was more like, hey, this customer, yes, they're a customer, but it's not really contributing to my quality of life, right? And that's going to sound wow, Like, wow, you, you, you expect your customers to contribute to that? And what, what I really mean is like, hey, could I be using this time to be doing something, to do something else instead, right? Uh, it can be anything. It can be more leisure stuff. It can be more stuff towards the actual business to help prepare it for future clients that might be a little bit a better fit for the business as a whole right um the numbers maybe the numbers don't add up it's like hey you know i'm getting i'm guaranteed x amount of dollars a month from this client because i have them but you know you start looking at the time and how much it you know there might be a bit of a legacy client uh and it might not be even in the direction that you want to move work and move the company anymore so sometimes you got to be like all right there's not, nothing necessarily wrong with that client but they might not be part of the bigger vision and where you're trying to go and tr- how you're trying to move and if it goes back to that lesson with the accountant at the end of the day if i leave this if i if i lose this client will it really mess up my vision and goal you know on my number and on my cap and if it's not, then I can definitely see a case on letting these clients go. Okay. That's how I look at it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but I get it. You don't want to, sometimes just the fact of I'm losing a client, especially when you're a business owner, that is scary. I'm not going to say in front. That is mm-hmm. scary. That That's scary. It's uncertain. It's like you're, lo- you're letting a client go and you don't have an, another one backed up and you don't really know how you're going to make up this lost revenue. So I get that for sure. He also talked a little bit about kind of, he may not use this phrase exactly, but kind of being too small to fail, right? Mm. And where you're small enough, mm. where you're nimble enough to weather the, you know, the storms of the economy, yeah, and yeah. whatever else. Um, and yeah. I thought those lessons kind of worked <laughs> together, but what did you think about just that idea of you're small enough where these big economic forces don't necessarily affect you too much i loved it i I loved it and uh i totally agree you know i totally agree you can be too small to fail and the reason why you know you're too small to fail but you you know you're you're the right size to still thrive during these times right absolutely what happens i think I, i feel like we could we saw this within the last two years Right. Within the last two years. And we're still seeing it in front of us. You know, uh, when the lockdown happened, 
uh, so many companies, you know, they went on these hiring sprees and X, Y, and Z and, and, and threw out a lot of money. Uh, and just to turn around less than a year later, year and a half later, they're laying off all these people. They've overhired and, you know, they've impacted so many people's lives. You know, people been uprooted and, and stuff like that. You see so many employees looking for work, <laughs> right? And you see these businesses looking crazy out here. Like, yeah, we hired X amount of people this year. Then two years later, we had to lay all these people off. And then you have other businesses that really ain't miss a beat. You know, they probably ain't do crazy blockbuster numbers, but because they were already moving in the spirit of company of one, being lean, uh, not taking on a whole bunch of unnecessary expenses, not stressing themselves, not, not you know, they can weather that storm and, and still be okay and not necessarily have to worry about where that next client is going to come from and how they're going to, how are they going to grow in order to stay alive? So absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, all these lessons just like I said, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's almost like your business therapist here. He's like, this is how you just stop being stressed. Right. Business therapist. I like that. But yeah, man, I told, I, listen, you know, I, that it was horrible on that LinkedIn summer jam screen over the last <laughs> two years, you know, just seeing how many mm -hmm. people been impacted uh, with these cuts, with these overheads. Uh, even business owners, you know, I thought that was very telling. You saw a lot of business owners who, when when times were good and when it was, you know, attractive to, to give off that perception of being a big business owner and stuff like that, uh, all of a sudden putting up um, looking for work posts, right, uh, and, and open to work posts. And I don't even mean that with shame. There's nothing wrong with looking for a job or, or wanting to have a job. But I the shift, you know, the shift of I'm a business owner and we're doing big numbers and growing to, hey, I'm looking for a job. That's very telling. I think that's very telling. And it shows like, hey, a lot of people have brought into that scale and grow at all costs type mentality for their business. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So absolutely. Uh uh, I mean, yeah, there, there was just a lot in this book that I was like, yup, I, I, I did find myself nodding a lot like, hmm, yep, I agree. I, I totally agree, you know. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there any parts that you were like, no, I, I just wholeheartedly disagree with this whole perspective of, uh, no, there wasn't, and that's <laughs> that's kind of odd because right. you know, usually there's something where I'm like, eh, I'm skeptical about this part, but nah, like the whole thing. Not only did it make sense, um, and I think the reason it made sense, I think, is because he's not saying this is the only way. He's actually telling you this is the minority, right? This right. is like what most companies don't do is right, all these right, things. Right, so right. it's so it was easy to wrap my head around uh, all of the concepts and see apply it to. Like he gave examples of Starbucks with the sandwiches. Oh, uh, yeah, and, the and Starbucks. Yes. Yeah. Go, so would like, you care? Uh, go, go in a little bit on the Starbucks that I don't think a lot of, you know, everyone okay. may not be aware of the Starbucks story. So he just kind of brought up Starbucks as an example of a company who scaled too mm -hmm. fast and mm -hmm. it didn't help their uh, business goals. So they started adding things to the menu and all these other uh, items to try to increase revenue. And what it did was it took away from their main offering, which was coffee. So right. they closed, I think it was like 3,000 stores or something mm -hmm. like that um, mm -hmm. that year where they expanded their offerings. So right. the whole idea is 
focus on what makes you great, retain and keep those customers that you already have. Um, and then, you know, you don't have to force uh, growth. Right. That was kind of the Starbucks story. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I will say when you when you mentioned the, the point about letting clients or customers go. Right. Um, I think one thing is to take from that is it's not just necessarily letting them go. It's becoming better at saying no, right? Saying no, uh, saying no yeah. to things that won't serve your business or your team, right? And allowing you to open up that space to focus on other things for the business, which is what I mentioned. Like, hey, could I maybe put this time to improving the business overall instead of, you know, addressing these client issues and, and things like that, right? And you see that a lot, uh, especially, hmm. Like in agency settings where everything, everything, you know, biting at, oh, it's a prospect. We got to develop this. Let's see if we can make them a client and things like that. Even when it's so clear from the beginning of the conversation that this might not be a good fit, but we're, we just don't know how to say no to new business and clients, right? Right. It's hard for us to like turn down that potential growth. It's just like something that mentally... Like, all right, well, more, more is better. But you're, right. you're not really helping the business. You're not really. You're not really not. I remember I remember um, when I was working on a project and the numbers, you know, the numbers didn't even make sense for a project. We were operating at a loss. We were oper- literally on paper. If we took on this client, we did what they wanted us to do for them. Act. We were operating at a loss. And... Uh, I remember going to my manager and I was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, it, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. And I remember she said, uh, well, you know, we'll do this um, and, you know, we'll get the business in the future. We'll get more business in the future in X, Y, Z. And this is very early, obviously early in my career. I didn't know about operating at a loss and all of that stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. But I do remember just feeling like this is too much stress to be operating at a loss. I don't know if we ever got more business from them in the future for working on this project for them and operating at a loss. Uh, I don't know, but I just remember like saying this this can't be it. This this really can't be the way that we're moving just for the the hope and the possibility of maybe more business down the way. That seemed it seemed very flawed to me at the time, you know? Yeah, I mean I understand the concept of working with a company that's going to give you more visibility and attract more clients just by the nature of being associated with them. Like, I understand that concept. Um, See, I don't. I don't. See, I don't. I don't. (laughs) I mean, certain... Now, I'll keep it specific to video. I get it, though. Yeah. No, I'm not... you work with certain brands... Right. uh, More brands are going to want to work with you. Absolutely. So it gives you more options. Absolutely. So. So, So let me be clear. It's not that I'm saying it's wrong or... People are wild for thinking that way. I totally get it. I I do get it. The visit, the association, and the visibility. I totally understand it. But if someone comes to my door with the only prospect is villain, I'm 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 closing that door. I just don't. I'm good. You know. Um. It, yeah. it, it, it. I'm not wired that way. I'm. I'm just not wired that way to to find the total value in that. And and especially if that's the biggest benefit. I, I'm not wired to uh, reconcile those those issues in my brain about that, right? Uh, so yeah, but I, I totally totally get what you're talking about and where you're coming from for that. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think this book, you know, again, I think most people <laughs> kind of understand that, but this book is making you think about why. Why do you want to do that? What's the what's what's it all tie back to? I think that's the biggest um I think advantage and one of the biggest parts of this book that I like is that it has you question why you do things right just doing them instinctively so. i feel like this really yeah like you said it's a business psychologist because i i found myself getting real deep with the thoughts in this book right even outside of business like what are we doing this for what, what do i what, what's the purpose what's the what's the ideas behind it why are we you know what i mean uh so saying this was like a you know business psychology book i think that's a very uh, accurate take on that, you know. So uh, I think this has been a bit of a switcheroo because usually, Sean, you're the one that come out the gate and say I wasn't liking something or I didn't think I was going to like something, and then you turn around uh, enjoying it and loving it by the end of the episode. But you've been a uh, you've been a fan of this book since we first started this episode, where I've been like, hey, yeah. I was a little bit cynical. I wasn't like, ah, oh, I guess sure. But over time, I, I really did uh, enjoy and appreciate the book as a whole. But your reasoning made total sense because a lot of these tactics you were already operating on. So, so right. it, it makes sense why you weren't on board at first. Yeah, so. I felt like, oh, we, te- we talk to, we preach it to the choir. Everybody knows this, but uh, everybody doesn't know that. And and this is why we need to, you know, share different perspectives and views and uh, on, on the approach because it's not one size fits all. Right. But um, especially now, you know, Sean, you, you've been here. We've seen it. We've seen the when things become a trend and then they're not a trend anymore and things like that. And for a while, the trend was, what was it, grind culture? I mean, I know our show is called The Business Grind, but we don't promote waking up at 2 a.m. <laughs> just to get a jump on a competition and, and stuff like that. Right. Um, right. And where for a while it was just. If you're not a business person or if you don't have a business, you are, what are you doing with your life, right? Um, so this this is a book that I think really helps, gives a, a bit more perspective and uh, thought to like, hey, you can slow down, you can do things that makes, you know, makes sense to you. And you're not necessarily a failure just because you haven't scaled to the point of having X amount of clients and employees and an office here and an office there, you know. So yeah, yeah. And in fact, it may actually be helping your business to be smaller. Yes, indeed. All right. So it sounds like Sean is giving it the thumbs up on this one. Yeah, definitely. This book definitely gets a thumbs up, uh, A grade, <laughs> all that good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I will say, this is an easy read. This was an easy read. It didn't feel. You know, I, I I breezed through this a few times actually. It was it was a it was a good read. It was easy. It wasn't like complicated. It felt like a conversation, so I appreciated that as well. All right. So, any parting thoughts on this? I think at the end of the day, we are both in agreement that this was a good book and something that we think people from all business backgrounds could uh, get some value from. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the one thing which I kind of mentioned to you before we started recording is I thought this book worked well hand in hand with um built to sell what we uh we reviewed last year where uh-huh. you know you try to build a lean nimble business the difference is i think built to sell is a lot more about making yourself not the stopgap where it can run without you actually being there mm. whereas this book they don't kind of talk about those kind of steps because 
um, you're being lean and you're kind of being um, as efficient as possible. So you probably do got to do a lot of the work more so in this model. But mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the advice works well together. So. Uh, indeed, it, it, it's de it definitely follows a similar vein of thought and, and ideas. So I agree with you on that. Oh, one last point I wanted to make, because I feel like we just been talking about kicking customers and clients to the side and all that good stuff. There is a focus and, and a, a point in the book about, you know, don't neglect your existing customers, which I know is contradictory. It's like, but you're letting go customers. Um, but I, I, I agree with that as well. A lot of times we don't value the customers we do have and we don't look into how we can grow uh, with that customer and grow the business with that existing customer. Uh, we usually think the only way we can grow is get new customers instead of increasing maybe the services and, and business that you provide to your existing customers and grow the pot there. So if there's a, a nice marriage between you and an existing customer, there's definitely opportunity to see what else can be done to uh, expand that relationship outside of just going to get more. There's there, It costs more to uh, uh, attain a customer than to retain one, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, indeed. All right, so that's a wrap for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review on thoughts in this book. Hopefully it provided you with some value and inspiration as you navigate through your business journey in life. As always, if you have some questions you would like us to answer on the show, shoot us a message on any of our social media channels. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share on Spotify and iTunes. See you again soon. In the meantime, keep, keep grinding. The business grind is for entertainment purposes. Opinions expressed are those solely of the host and guests. Please consult with a professional and exercise discretion before engaging in any business endeavors. I'm out here on the grind. I'm out here on the grind.